you're in the right spot. Don't change the dial. Wake up. BGs, Bob, and Bo. <laughs> the killer bees. Barry Maurice, what's the other guy's name? John. Oh, thank you, Robin. Oh yeah, younger brother Andy Gibb. The Gibb brothers, welcome to You Get the Blessing. Launched this morning by the BGs. We picked this song because we've got our share of jive talking on this program, and our guest is an expert at it. Really, you know. He's he a jive-talking kind of guy. <laughs> we're going to talk about his book today. We were going to do Paperback Writer, but, you Ooh. know. We'll close the show with that. Right. But uh, welcome, everybody. I want to especially say hi to Paul Lewan today. Paul, I uh, hope you're recovered from your surgery and doing well. And uh, Marge, I've seen you in action. You're an incredible nurse, so keep it up. And uh, thank you, Paul, for always encouraging us. also want to say hi to Jim and Gail English. Um and a friend of theirs that I can't remember his name, and he shot his age this week on the golf course, 73. So congratulations, friend of theirs. I'm eventually going to shoot my age, but I'm going to have to live a long time to do it. <laughs> I want to ask you guys before we get into the title of this book, <laughs> I'm with you, uh, some of your favorite long, peculiar names in baseball. Because it's funny to me as we talk about Carl Madera. Hi, Carl. Carl Madera's our guest. Hey. How you guys doing? Welcome. Good morning, Thanks. Carl. Thanks for coming. Title of the book we're going to be discussing is Speaking of Jesus. It's odd to me that uh, you can just talk about almost anything, but if you say Jesus, all of a sudden people are bailing out the window for some reason. What makes them flinch? We're going to talk about exactly that. That was a good yeah. – we yeah. even talk about that setup. That's a perfect setup. Actually. Yeah, and then at some point during the discussion, we have to have Carl explain to us why – the book has a squirrel on the cover. That's okay. right, yeah. exactly. But I don't before know if we get war- there, I'm... were they warning people ahead of time? <laughs> Carl's a, book, it's a little squirrely. I don't know, Carl. You, you have to tell know. us. Uh-huh. And then between chapters, it has little acorns. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. all right. But every week, nice. we introduce you all to uh, spectacular p- folks that are doing great work in this community and throughout the world. And Carl Madaris is an author and a speaker and uh, a good friend. Great guy, very funny. You're going to enjoy this half hour. Glad you tuned in. But I was just thinking uh, of the name Jesus and how it does cause people to just get a little tight. But I, I happen to have a few of my favorite baseball names here, just speaking of names. Carl Yastrzemski. You ever met another person named Yastrzemski? It's the first name that came to my mind. When you said that, I thought I'd call you Any more you guys want to throw out? Because there's some good ones. Like Chico Carascale. Don't remember him. I think he was White Sox, wasn't he, Mark? Wow. Snap out of it, Mark. <laughs> Look at Mark. The program's begun. Uh, what's that one guy? Tulo something? Tulo. That's Tulo a good baseball name. Whitsky. Tulo Whitsky. That's a, good a pretty name. good name. I mean, he's our guy, but that's yeah. a good name. I was talking this week at Bible study, though, about a guy that hung around my house when I was a kid, played for the Cleveland Indians when my dad played, and he pitched with either hand. He was a relief pitcher, right handed, had a glove. He switched it over, pitched left handed, wow. and his name was. Calvin Coolidge, Julius Caesar, Tuscahoma McClish. No. 
known as Cal McClish. I bet if Herb Brown and Joe Williams are listening, they're going to remember Cal McClish. You guys wow. call me this week and tell me we're on that name. Calvin Coolidge, Julius Caesar, Tuscahoma McClish. Look it up in the baseball encyclopedia. That's crazy. You know, if you got a name like that, you better be good at something. <laughs> Wonder what his folks were thinking. I'd actually yeah. wondered if, if there had been any switch – Switch pitchers, yeah. Of course, a lot of yeah. switch hitters, but so oh, yeah. have there been more recent switch pitchers besides him? So, uh, Gary Guilford was telling us about one at Bible study and asked the question: Is yeah. that legal? And the answer is yes. Yeah, it's legal, but it's just hard to do. I mean, I was asking my son that the other day. Yeah. He's a 16 year old pitcher for his high school team here, and that's if he could learn to switch pitch. Huh. But the batter, once he's picked the side of the plate, he's stuck, right? Gary was saying no. I'm not sure what the rule is. Huh. Somebody shoot us an email and tell us about that because right. he was telling the story of them going back and forth, right? Then the guy would switch to the left, and then they kept switching back and forth, oh. and the umpire finally said, can we play ball here? Play ball. <laughs> See, you get it all here, you get the blessing. <laughs> Baseball get wisdom. and now. No, Let's no. get to the name of Carl. Jesus because you can just about – I can remember <laughs> okay. Don Reverts just – Leading our Young Life Club, and for some reason, as soon as we got off the songs and the pies in the face, mm. and he said, Jesus, all of a sudden, half the room kind of, at least between their ears, left the building. What's up with that, Carl? It's a good, it's a good setup, because I think, I think people are not sensitive to the name Jesus, but they associate Jesus with Christianity, the religious system, let's call it, of Christianity, and they're sensitive to that. They've been hurt by the church. They've been offended by somebody. They think Christians are weird, wacky, whatever you know. Which hello, I mean, but it, but I mean, like our program, you know, yeah, in that, but no, in a negative way. And so I think they associate Jesus with that. Actually, I don't think Jesus himself. Now he does offend some people, but we we forget that in his day, crowds followed him. People wanted to make him king by force. They loved they, they loved him so much. Everybody wanted him to be their king. So he wasn't just the bad guy. He was hard on religious leaders, but for the masses, for the people, people loved him. And I think today people still love Jesus. They don't like Christianity or what they perceive, what they think Christianity stands for. So you actually like have that. to sort of get past the name to the person to even get the conversation going to sometimes. To even get it going, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and the way I do that is I just try to take Jesus out of that Christianity box, and I say I say funny little things that aren't always funny. And they don't, frankly, always work, but I think they're funny, so I'm having a good time. Like, was Jesus a Christian? And then people kind of, they wrinkle up their nose and they go, what? And I go, well, I'm just asking, was Jesus a Christian? And then, of course, if you think about it a little bit, he wasn't. He was Jewish. And he couldn't have been you a know. follower of himself. And he couldn't have been a follower of Jesus. And he wasn't, and he didn't start a religion. You know, he didn't start a religion after himself called Christianity. And so what was, what was it that he was, so I start with stuff like that that's slightly provocative, maybe even confusing. Because unless you can get people off track a little bit, you can't get them on the track of, let's talk about Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to back up one step here uh, and say it's it's quite amazing that we can have a relationship with God, the Bible teaches, through a relationship with Jesus Christ, right. and yet people flinch or don't get around to it. Uh, so what are some of the legitimate arguments that could land in someone's brain and heart and cause them to be nervous? I know even doing chapel for 20 years with the Nuggets, I had a guy... Uh, named, shoot, Robert Wardan from uh, St. John's, and he'd never encountered anyone in his life that wasn't Jewish or Catholic. So now he encounters me, and I'm just kind of teaching the New Testament, fairly relaxed in my style, and after about four chapels, he mm. said, what in the world are you talking about? So <laughs> there's 
people that uh, I get are, that every week. By the way, at Highline, what afterwards. in the world? Are what you talking was about? that? <laughs> no, anyway. So, what are some of the legitimate ways we confuse people and and, hmm. and turn them off and put this l- stack of labels on the term Christianity that causes people to not even want to hear about Jesus? I mean, I, I would I would say if everybody, even the people listening to the show this morning, were to ask themselves this question, but for sure, turn to the person next to you or go out on your block or you know, outside somewhere and ask 10 people just the question, you know, what do you first think of? Let's do a word association. What do you first think of when I say Christianity, you say what? Now, if the person's a Christian, then they might say good things like, you know, my life's been changed by Christ, you know, things that are legitimate, good, real. But if you're not in the Christian deal thing, then probably their first word association with Christianity is something negative, right? That has some legitimacy to it. You know, hypocrisy, they want my money, uh, the pastor's preaching against sin, but then he gets caught sinning himself. I mean, you know, things yeah, it's that kind of like know. being a congressman, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so am I. Let's <laughs> not go there. Yeah, right? we won't. Okay. <laughs> list a list of do's and don'ts. List that of I can't do's and don'ts I can't meet. You know, measure up measure to. up to uh, things that are hmm. I would say partially legitimate. And so you look at that, and you can either get defensive about that and say, "Well, that's hmm. not that's not the way I do it," but then you have to be careful of that because. Are you sure that's not the way you do it? I mean, am I not a hypocrite to some degree myself? I mean, I don't always do what I say that I believe either. So to some degree, you know, we're, we kind of all fall in the hypocrite category, I suppose. Absolutely. So, By the way, th- th- I'd like to stay there just a second. Um, I started a group one time called Jackass Fellowship. Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> and the only way you could get in was to admit you had flaws yourself, and you You're were really. A jackass. I wasn't going to say it twice, but I appreciate you saying it as our guest, Carl. But well, the point we also. Is, it, Go ahead. Isn't isn't that one of the major snags? Is that I think others think that we think we think we're, we're something. Yeah, yeah we're right. something special right. once we have this. Well, we've been thinking. Label. Think of the bumper stickers. You know, uh, you know, the bumper stickers about being lost and I'm I'm found or. You know, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. So that sounds technically right. We're not perfect. We're, mm. we're admitted we're not perfect, just, but it sounds a little bit snooty, doesn't it? Like, we're not perfect, just forgiven. You know, you know? our uh, our uh, motto at Highline Community Church is we're all bozos on this bus, which goes over a lot better than that other Th- stuff. Than the know? other thing, yeah. yeah. Because we can sound, whenever you do a one-liner, it can sound very, uh, well, it can sound one-liner-ish. And one-liners usually don't explain the whole deal. People out in the world are offended mm. by something. So some of it's incorrect offense, but if they're offended, I mean, if you're in your marriage, if your wife's offended at me, not that my wife would ever be offended at me, but theoretically if she was, there's probably some reason. I can explain myself why she shouldn't be, but she's probably offended at something in me. So mm-hmm. what, what is that? And let's, let's own it and let's move on. So kind of what I do, what this book does, speaking of Jesus, is how do you get back to the source? We're trying to follow him. He's the one that we believe in, we follow. He's the one that set us free. He's the real deal. He's he's the guy. I mean, not to be glib about it. He's the one. He's the man. So how do we get through all the Christendom stuff, the stuff, the trappings of Christianity that the world is rightly and wrongly offended by, and get back down to talking about the person, Jesus of Nazareth? And it's not as easy. It's not as easy as you'd think, because I'm full of kind of Western Christian Carl, you know, culture that isn't always so helpful. But I found when you get down to actually get down to Jesus, people are pretty receptive to at least thinking about him, not always to following him and giving their life to him, but at least thinking about him. You had a fascinating uh, kind of experiment that you did. I think you even filmed it up on the mall in Boulder. Yeah. To, 
remind me about that. That's right. We, uh, a friend, Jay Pathak, and I, who's the pastor of the Arvada Vineyard Church uh, <clears throat> up north. Uh, sorry, Bob, to put a plug in for another church. No, up Tyler. north. Everybody up north yeah. should go to up, Arvada Vineyard. Up north, everybody right. up north. If you happen to be south. <laughs> <laughs> or central, even, yes. than Highline. Yeah. Anywhere but, within a... But Jay and I went up to uh, the the mall on Boulder, you know, the, walk, the little walking street there. We set up a camera crew, and Jay and I just held the microphone and stopped uh, the first 50 people that stopped, which was almost everybody. Everybody wants to be on camera, it seems. And ask them this question. We're, we're doing an independent documentary film on religion in America. What do you think about Christianity? And we asked it just like that. Just, you know, try not to set it up. Just what do you think about Christianity? How many, how many do you think out of the 50 had a negative? No, this is bolder. So we're picking this spot, you know. But how many out of the 50 do you think had a negative view about Christianity? 49. I'm guessing 51. <laughs> if there had been 51, it would have been 51. It was 100%. Now, that actually surprised me. I would have thought somebody would have been part of the deal yeah. and, like said, yeah, Christians are great. Fifty out of fifty, and people actually started cussing on. I mean, we had to bleep the stuff out of the film that we made. I mean, people were like, got angry. And then it was interesting. We switched. We did another. The next fifty that came through, we said, "Hi, we're here doing an uh, independent documentary film on spirituality in America." Now we changed from religion in America to spirituality in America, and we want to ask you one question: What do you think about the person of Jesus? See, now we said it all very carefully, mm-hmm. spirituality in America, the person, Jesus. Out of 50, we asked another 50 people, how many do you think had a positive view about Jesus? Half. Pretty amazing, 50. 50. So, so I'm wrong on both questions. 50, 50 I mean, out of 50. That's crazy. Just find positive, now, like again, what? Well, I mean, well, actually, the, maybe the third guy, a guy named Brian, I mean, he's on the film. He actually... He clutched his heart with his hand. He put his two hands over his heart. He started to cry. His tears just started shooting out of his eyes, and he started to cry. And he said, Jesus. We were like that, Jesus. And then, and then we asked him, well, are you a Christian? No. He said, no, but, mm. but I'm not. And then he started saying why he's not a Christian, but he started to cry. And actually, three people out of the 50 started to cry when we asked him that question. Mm. Just spontaneously, just from the question, what do you think about Jesus, started to cry. Now that now that tells you different things. I mean, you could say, well, Carl, you kind of set it up because, you know, you were saying religion and Christianity. That's negative, obviously. And then the person Jesus, who doesn't like Jesus? All I'm saying is that the person Jesus is pretty. He's a pretty attractive guy, and somehow we've managed to to unattract him, you know, mm-hmm. to people. Why do we do that? Yeah. You know, uh, we're 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 going to talk about your book here. I, I was just thinking there is a book that was uh, written done on pretty. Solid research, uh, Barna Group, and you know, guy that came out of Gallup, uh, and they kind of asked that question: What do you think about Christianity? They wrote a book called UnChristian, right? And it's a little, it's it's you know, if you happen to be a follower of Jesus, you know, you read the book, and it's uh, it's pretty interesting how uh, intense the negativity is sometimes. And again, mm-hmm. like you're saying, there's good reasons for that a lot of the time and uh but it's uh it's true we it, in a culture mm-hmm. that would 86% of the population actually identifies themselves as, as Christian. quote christian that's right so that means most people don't like themselves that's, somehow that's right. i guess that's it huh? that's confusing yeah. isn't yeah. it yeah. so here's a stretch but bob knows that i'm way stuck on the early beatles and can't quite make the jump to the psychedelic phase but are we talking about something that's change that dramatically where that music is totally different when those guys were teenagers as when they were experimenting with um mind-altering substances so 
Mm. Is, Which, is by the way, colored most of the answers of the people on the Boulder Mall. So we <laughs> right. should remember that, too. <laughs> exactly. so, anyway. Including Carl and the guy he was with. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is it is that a stretch to say what who Jesus is has never changed, but what Christianity at, was at one point has just completely changed? And I think so. Folks today don't really want to spend any time on it. Yeah, Je- Jesus surely hasn't changed, as far as we can tell. He hasn't changed. I mean, it, it, he does change in how he relates to people. If you look at, look at the life of Christ in the Gospels, he relates to people very differently. You know, the sinners versus the quote, saints, you know, the insiders versus outsiders. He relates to people very individualistically. But he himself, his mission, what he came to do mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago, what he still does now, uh, hasn't changed. I think Christendom, Christianity over 2,000 years has changed. Uh, good, bad, good, bad, kind of goes in and out, goes through cycles. And I think the culture we're living in now changes. So 1950s Kansas, if you talk about being a Christian, that probably meant you were a really good person. It's a person that you'd want to have help you fix your flat tire, would be a good Christian person in 1950s Kansas. 2011, United States, not as much. So yeah, now, they might well, be running know, for president. They might, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, well, so much has changed. Just now, I'd say the country really is post-Christian. Huh. I mean, even, it's ironic or interesting that 85, 80, I've even heard as high as 90 mm. percent of Americans call themselves Christian, but nobody likes really likes the term. People that go to a, a kind of a Bible teaching, Jesus following church is depends on who you ask. Maybe 20, 25 percent of the country. Um, Denver, I've heard fifteen percent, but you know, I don't, I, I don't know if you have numbers on that. But so there's something about how we communicate the gospel, this good news, this good news of Jesus, of Jesus Christ, that I think needs to be uh, changed. The communication can change every day. You know, you, uh, you obviously have a very um, unique approach to that too. Um, not that you're the only one, I'm sure, but I, I like that about you. Um, and part of what you say in your book, too, is, you know, the normal way um, people get, quote, trained, you know, to share their faith usually involves some tool, whether it's the four spiritual laws, steps to peace with God or something. And you really aren't very keen on that. Tell me tell me what your right. thinking is there. Yeah, part, partly that's because it doesn't just have to fit, fit my personality. And so mm-hmm. I think everybody's wired differently. I'm not I'm not a steps kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of it's just that. There's nothing There's nothing wrong with having a tool. The four spiritual laws have been used profoundly by God. Evangelism explosion. I was a trainer in that system for many years myself. Uh, the Roman road, uh, all those things are great tools, but they are just that. They're just tools. And they lead people up to a point of accepting Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue I have with that, when you look at the life of Christ again, just look at how he did it. How did Jesus preach the gospel? How did Jesus preach the good news? He first of all talked all the, all the time about a kingdom, switching allegiances to a, from an old kingdom to a new kingdom. He hung out with sinners, ate and drank with them, got accused of drinking wine and hanging out with sinners, and then was killed kind of by the ones who didn't like that about him. Created common ground like let's fish, <clears throat> exactly. let's all the, have all a that meal, stuff. Let's, let's hang out. Mm-hmm. That's uh, he spent lots of time with mm-hmm. people. And he just called people to follow him. And they usually followed him confused. I mean, his disciples, think how long the disciples, even the 12, were confused. And so, John 6, I mean, kind of maybe ever, forever. For the whole you know, time. The whole time. The, you know, yeah. Up to the cross. I mean, they all ran away at the Beyond cross. Beyond the, yeah. And then Peter denied knowing him for, you know, three times after he was already crucified. So you know, in some ways, that should give us hope. It's okay to be a little bit confused about Jesus. He's a He's a big thing to know. I mean, there's a lot of Jesus to know, a lot of God to know. So, of course, we're confused. 
but he just wanted people to be with him. So I think the idea of encouraging our friends to be with Jesus, mm. to taste and see, to come and hang out with them. Now it's spiritual, not physical, but to explore the Gospels, explore the Scriptures, uh, be with people of like-minded faith, come, mm. come to church, not to go to church, but to be with people who are also following Jesus. Mm. That The attractiveness of the Gospel is the person himself. Mm. Jesus is very attractive. Christianity, as the world sees it, isn't so attractive. And we could defend that if we want to, but I just say, let's let that one go. The, the back cover, if you turn the book over, the back cover, the big, what are those, the big words at the top of the back cover there, Bo? Quit defending Christianity. Quit defending Christianity. Now, that sounds provocative. It's actually pretty simple. Just saying, can you really defend the Spanish Inquisition? Can you offend, uh, defend burning people at the stakes? Do you defend the Crusades? I mean, all those things were Christianity. Do you defend, do you defend certain parts of the church today? What if we just let that go a little bit and say, let's together, we call that church, let's together follow Jesus. And that message is it's just slightly different, but the difference is pretty profound in how people hear it and how they perceive what you're saying. This is uh, You Get the Blessing. I'm Bo Mitchell. My co-host is Bob Belts, and you're listening to the voice of Carl Medeiros, our guest today. We're talking about his book, Speaking of Jesus. So um, where can we get this? I mean, I know I've got a couple copies here. I know. You could sell those. You could probably sell them. If I signed them, you could sell them for like $2 less than the cover price. <laughs> there are a few out there with some very famous signatures you could sell for more. Yeah. We won't go there. Yeah, yeah anyway. exactly. Uh, anywhere. I mean, anywhere you buy books, Amazon. I think Amazon.com has the cheapest price, but you can get at Barnes & Noble's, Borders, Christian bookstores. It's kind of out there wherever. So. So is it for someone who's not thought about spiritual things at all, or is it for Good question. people who uh, no, it's for us. are a little confused? No, I'd say it's for us. I, I mean, I wrote the book actually to a regular kind of Christian audience in the Western world here, you know, just kind of your regular Joe Christian that goes to church that's a, that really does want to communicate things of, of the good news to his friends, neighbors, mm. coworkers, family, who has tried the I'm a Christian, you should become a Christian approach. You know, I've joined Christianity, go to church every Sunday, you should do it too, and ha- and has felt that that didn't work. For, for Again, for whatever reason, that sometimes, I don't know if you guys have seen this, have you ever driven somebody further away from Jesus by trying to evangelize them? People are so sensitive to being evangelized and converted these days. Are there more nuanced, clever, but still biblical ways to mm. talk about Jesus? Yeah, and of course the problem, one of the problems is, and you aren't really addressing that, but but there are some guys whose styles are are pretty offensive just yes. to begin with. And and sometimes, and I, I, I try not to, I guess I'm, I am judging them, but, you know, I try and say, hey, so, for somebody, you know, that, you know, that sign out there or, you know, in the end zone, whatever, uh, screaming on 16th Street Mall, whatever, right. somebody maybe is going to connect with that. Might but work. generally you sort of think, you know, is this guy doing more damage than good? Yeah. And, and if you, anyway, try and talk yeah. with those guys a lot of times then, you know, they've got a very different idea about what they're doing. And I'm even just saying, just the reg- just us regular nice guys. I mean, even for us, when we've tried to evangelize our friends in the best possible ways, in the most loving possible ways, it doesn't always work because they feel evangelized. I don't know if you've ever felt evangelized by a by a, somebody from a different faith who's tried to win you over. You don't usually feel good about yourself. You don't usually think that person actually cares about you. They're just trying to get a notch in their belt. Mm. Well, that's often how people feel with us when we try to evangelize. So how can we share this good news, this evangel, the good news, which I think is a person, it's Christ himself. How can we share him with people in a way that fits 2011 America? It doesn't change the gospel. It's not changing the gospel, but it is, it is 
more than tweaking, I would say actually changing the paradigm for how you hmm. think about what it means to follow Jesus. It's a bit controversial. There'll be some things in there that you might not agree with. I, I don't. I, you, <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. I'm halfway through the book, and uh, you know we'll, we'll have that conversation later. No, why, I think that's great, we, though. I like yeah. that. Why are we forced, though, to be so accommodating to Buddhists or Muslims? And, oh, that's interesting. And Christians, you, you group of lame brains. Why, why are we always forced into the spot of apologizing? And, oh, yeah, we sure— Well, let's not apologize. But 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 let's also not be defensive of Christianity. I mean, being defensive hmm. or defending a system probably isn't the way to go either. So we don't have to—so it's not an either-or. We're just simply—we're comfortable in our own skin. We follow Jesus. We love him. He's changed our life. How do you communicate that? Okay, we're, Carl, one quick question. Why the squirrel? Why the squirrel? There's a little joke about Johnny in Sunday school class. Oh, yeah. Remember? Great joke. That, so that, that's okay. it. It's a, and it's yeah. on page three. It kind All of explains right. why there's a, big, but there's a big, furry, cute squirrel on the cover of my book. And that's the first thing everybody says is, Carl, there's a squirrel in your book. Yeah, like, is, like, I didn't know that. <laughs> you, know? you know what? We're not supposed to check our brains in at the door when we that's right. follow Jesus. And I like that about you, Carl, the way you speak and you write the way you speak. It's it's very comfortable uh, and it's to the point. So I'll recommend the book, Speaking of Jesus, Bob. Absolutely. I'm I'm halfway through it and uh, couldn't put it down yesterday. Mm. That's Carl Medeiros. Pick up the book. Any parting shots, my friend? Thanks, guys. Speak about Jesus. Don't defend religion. Speak about Jesus. Stay and on that, the issue here. That's and once again, we've had Carl talking about talking about Jesus <laughs> without talking about Jesus. Way to go, Carl. <laughs> and he can, you actually talked about Jesus. I talked about Jesus. He's awesome. Thank you, Carl. Thanks, and guys. It's fun to be with you. We'll see you guys here next week. Thanks for listening, folks.